Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Hi, and welcome back to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer. Today, I welcome Morella DeVoe to the show, and before I bring her on the line, let me just tell you a little bit more about her. Morella works with people who are perplexed by health issues that won't budge, and she takes them to the heart of their healing. Through her training in counseling, hypnotherapy, NLP, EFT, Reiki, and nutrition coaching, she helps her clients unearth, resolve, and release the emotions, memories, and beliefs that are the core of their health challenges. Her approach to healing was fueled by her own decade-long struggle with her health. As a result of her journey, she is a powerful insight midwife, an emotional decoder, and one of the most emotionally courageous people you'll ever know. She is fueled by the conviction that every single human being is meant to thrive. I'm so excited. So, Morella, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited, too. <laughs> yes, I know. And I always tell my listeners um, how how I know you or how I know my guests, and it's so cool. Um, uh, Morella and I are in um, a coaching community together, and so we've uh, been able to really support each other in the last few months of our business growth, and I'm just so excited, and I know she's got um, a new thing coming up. I'll let her tell you, though. I won't spoil the surprise. But <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Anyway, I'm just so excited that that we we got you on finally, and um, I would love for you to share with the audience more about your story and how you've learned to get out of your own damn way. Thank you. You know, I when I was thinking about uh, my story about how I've gotten out of my own damn way, I thought, you know, I've never thought about it in this way. <laughs> but I love your wording, and it's actually really perfect. Um, you know, my story has to do really with the work that I do, and mm-hmm. it, it has to do with my health. And and I'll tell you a story um, that I'm telling more and more these days, mm-hmm. and it has to do with a big turning point in my life. It was um, about the spring of 2007. Back then, I had really, really bad cystic acne, and I had been battling my acne for over... I want to say it was about 12 years. I've been doing the math, and I'm like, oh, it started in college, so it was about, you know, uh, 94. So it was a long time. Mm -hmm. So um, there was this one particular night. I was in my apartment in New York City in the bathroom, and my face was just awful to look at. It hurt physically. It hurt emotionally. It was Mm -hmm. just like the most unbelievable acne. And this had been the story for a while, and I'd been trying to fix it for a while. And, you know, I'd taken medications and gotten off and done all the treatments and gotten facials. Like, I had just done everything. I'd been working on my nutrition. I had done everything that I could do, and my face was still, you know, at that point I was vegan, and I was at my wit's end. And, you know, in this incredible pain of, you know, battling my body. Mm-hmm. And that night, I don't know what possessed me, but he took a picture <laughs> of my face. Oh. And, you know, 
I just I, I couldn't believe what I was looking at in the mirror, and it was just like this this is so painful. And I took a picture mm-hmm. of my face, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I was thinking about in that moment. I've come to realize now what a powerful turning point that night was. Taking that picture because unconsciously, what I was doing is in the taking of that picture, I was deciding that there was one day going to be a day when I wouldn't have acne, and I wanted to remember. You know, I wanted to remember how bad it had been and not forget or fantasize that maybe it wasn't that bad, you know. Mm -hmm. So I have the picture, (laughs) and it was pretty bad. It was really bad. And you know what happened that night, Kralin, that really is about um, getting out of my way, is that I realized that night how much shame and how much self-hatred I felt. Mm. Every time I looked in the mirror, I hated what I saw. And there's this thing with acne that when you look at yourself in the mirror, there's this like instant, you're, you, felt, you feel compelled to go pinch at it and, you know, squeeze it out and try to, and you make it worse. It hurts like the dickens, when, especially cystic acne hurts mm-hmm. like the dickens to, you know, poke at it. And so there's a lot of self-aggression in that. And I was just feeling how much I hated myself. And, I, you know, it was the, around the time that The Secret, the movie, came out. Uh-huh. So everybody was doing vision boards. And every, you know, it's like the vision of your skin and all of that. And around that time, I was starting to have this insight that I needed to start, you know, kind of having a vision of my skin. But that night when I was taking the picture, I realized I'm never going to get to a place of loving my skin through hating it. Yes. How powerful is that? Exactly. I'm like, wait a minute. So I need to start loving my skin now, but there's no possible way that I can start loving my skin now because I hate it. And so the the getting out of my own dumb way was starting to realize there were two powerful awarenesses that started to kind of take a hold of me that night. One was I had to learn to love myself, and I had to learn to love myself with the acne, and I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to do that. And I'll tell you what I did that night, which was kind of cute. It was critical. But the first one was I needed to learn to love myself. And the second one that was even more powerful, and it actually, you know, it was almost like a snowball effect that started that night, and it took a while to really fully take form. Mm -hmm. But I started to realize that that shame and that self-hatred that I was feeling towards myself with the acne, I thought that I hated myself because I had the acne. And this is the thing that a lot of us fall into. We think that, you know, I don't like myself because I'm overweight or I don't like, you know, I don't like my size. If if they were thinner, I'd like myself better. If I, When I lose the weight, I'm going to like myself better. Right. And, you know, I thought I'm going to love myself the day I don't have acne. And I thought that my self-hatred and my shame were because of my acne. And I just started to have the tiniest glimpse that maybe it was the other way around, mm-hmm. that maybe my own self-hatred and my shame that I had been carrying for a number of years had been starting to show up in my face. And that was the biggest piece that I had been missing. Yeah, and that's such a powerful insight. And I I, I love that you came to that, not not how you came to that, of course. And, but mm-hmm. I think we're all on that journey of kind of, of learning that lesson. And how powerful, though. Yeah, it was... You know, it didn't. I didn't wake up the next day without acne. <laughs> right, so, right. Yeah, it's a journey. <laughs> it was a journey. It took a while, but you know what? I had been battling it for about twelve years. You know, when mm-hmm. I do the math, it is around twelve years that I had been trying everything, 
And from that night, so that was around the spring of 2007, because I lived in that apartment. I remember because I lived in that apartment only for about a year, only a year. And that summer I moved to Vermont. And within a few months of being in Vermont, my skin got clear. And it wasn't because of Vermont or New York or whatever, um, but it was because of this piece I started to I started to relate to myself differently. Um, so the thing that I told you I would, I, that I, I was going to tell you about how I started to love my skin, that night for the very first time I'm like looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, I really, really don't like what I see. But I had these little patches of really beautiful rosy skin right on the top of my cheekbones, right under my eye where, you know, you don't really get a whole lot of pimples right under your eye between your mm-hmm. eye and your cheekbone, right? So I got really, really, really close to the mirror where all I, I could kind of zone out of the rest of my skin and just look at this little tiny patch of rosy, beautiful skin. And I caressed it and I said, I love my beautiful rose petal skin. And it was the only way that I could say it and not feel like a fraud, like I was lying to myself. Because I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and say, I love myself. It was fake. It just didn't, you know, I, I just didn't. I couldn't get to it, but I I could look at that tiny, tiny piece of skin and say, I do love you. You're really Mm -hmm. beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that's all that mattered because all of a sudden what was starting to drop into my subconscious was I love myself, even if it's just this tiny piece. But my subconscious was hearing I love my skin. Mm -hmm. And so every time that I would wash my face or, you know, do any kind of uh, treatment on my face, instead of having this fix-it attitude, I was moving more and more into the self-care, the I'm doing this because I love you. I'm doing this because I, I'm, I'm trying to get to a place of, of being in harmony with you as opposed to fighting it out with my body, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the big shift that within a few months my skin started clearing. You know, my, my skin was clear. And I remember because I started <laughs> the funny ways in which we remember things in the timeline of our life, you know. Then a few months later, I, I started dating someone that I mm-hmm. really, really liked. And I remember that by the time I started dating him, um, I, acne was no longer an issue in my life. I wasn't feeling hyper aware of it. Yeah, it's just, and it, had, it sounds like it had a domino effect for you. It completely had a domino effect for me. And then... You know, the other piece that is a big part of the work that I'm doing now, because, of course, with all of these realizations, I've, I've become passionate about helping people see, you know, what what's the thing that's underneath all of these health issues? You know, because mm-hmm. a lot of people, they're trying everything like I was. You know, they're trying the diets, they're trying the medical approaches, they're trying the supplements, the, the detoxes. And all of these things can help to a certain extent, and sometimes there's still something missing. And so I've become passionate about saying, here, let's do this, because I'm pretty sure that this is the thing that you've been missing. And um, what I needed to tackle also was the root source of that shame and that self-hatred that I felt. And I had gone through some really abusive relationships in high school. And... um, Excuse me, I'm about to cough. <coughs> I had gone through some uh, interesting that I'm coughing as I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, throat chakra. Da, da, da. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, 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 don't say this. Don't say this. Um, I had gone through some really abusive, uh, and one particular abusive 
relationship in college that created an enormous amount of self-shame because of my decisions. I had shamed myself for making the decision to be in that relationship. And I buried it so deep that I was even ashamed to talk about it. Mm. And when I started processing that shame, and um, I, I really started to get to, to the heart of, of my own healing um, and, and loving myself much more compassionately. You know, when we shame ourselves or we blame ourselves, there's very little compassion that we have for ourselves. And so mm-hmm. it was all showing up on my face. I was so ashamed of myself, you know. Um, and there was a lot of anger towards myself and towards you know, these men. And um, I wasn't processing any of it. So, you know, of course, it, it blew up on my face, my anger and my shame. And then, yeah. of course, the self-aggression is, is an act of anger. And, and here's the kicker. I, for many years, I, t- I took pride in saying, oh, I don't feel any anger. I just, I'm not an angry person. I, I don't feel anger. <laughs> Interesting, um, yeah. And so, so I've just, you know, I, within my own personal experience, and, and obviously, you know, I studied counseling, and I studied hypnotherapy, and EFT, and all of these really wonderful tools. I, uh, I use the tools on myself, um, and it was like I was learning to work with my clients in my own unique way um, so that I could really dig up the stuff that I had buried deep for so long and, mm-hmm. and let it go, process it, let it go. I'm done, I'm good with you. And now, now I'm feeling whole and just loving the, loving the woman I'm becoming every day, you know? That's great. And, you know, and it's such a, a powerful image, too, in talking about, um, I know I talk all the time with my clients and students about, um, the disconnect that we often have with our emotions. And our, you know, our body is just here to give us information, and it's our choice whether we listen to it or not. And exactly. it's not like the fear or the anger or the shame or the guilt or whatever emotion that you're experiencing is just going to go away. Um, it's going to manifest in some way. And what an amazing experience that you had with that manifestation was um, physical, and it was something that you could not hide or run from. Right. It was right there. And and many of us have something, but we just, it might not be that close um, yeah. or that noticeable, um, but it's there. Yeah, it's there. And, and you just said it beautifully. You know, your body is always speaking to you. And the, the thing is, we haven't had, or I should say, we have had some tools to look at that, but there are very few tools to really look at what is it that my body's saying to me? And even even thinking about it in that way, you mm-hmm. know, we instead these symptoms are things to be to be dealt with, and the, you know, we we take medication to get rid of the headache. We we go on diets to get rid of the weight, and we don't really look at the body as a perfect 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 instrument and is just such a good communicator. Your body's talking to you all the time, mm-hmm. and when we stop to listen 
then we we can get some of the insights. And because we haven't had the tools, a lot of people don't know where to start. Yeah. Um, and this is where I'm I'm really loving the work that I'm doing with my my clients now because it's giving them the tools to get started. I know you don't know what your body's trying to tell you with your Crohn's disease or your arthritis or your chronic headache or your weight mm-hmm. that you won't budge or you don't know yet. But here are some tools that we can start listening. We can start kind of teasing away at what are the messages that your body's telling you. And um, what I've found is that all of our unresolved stuff, you know, whether they're traumatic memories or buried emotions or even just limiting beliefs, you know, the things. And it's funny because I was talking to someone recently just this week and I, she was saying, well, I can't really grasp what a limiting belief might be with regards to health. And I said, well, for example, a classic one is saying high cholesterol runs in my family. Yeah. And she's like, that's so interesting because... It does in my family. You just said that's true in my family, and I had never thought that that was a limiting belief. So stuff like that. Yeah. I found that traumatic em- memories, buried emotions, limiting beliefs, they end up showing, affecting our health in a couple different ways, either through habits. You know, we don't exercise or we overeat or we eat, eat cookies when we need some comfort. or um, And those habits can go all the way down through the path of self-sabotage, what we call, you know, I sabotage myself, and I don't know why I do it, you know, uh, or all the way down to self-destruction. So all of these suppressed memories, feelings, beliefs show up in habits, behaviors, or they show up literally in symptoms, like my acne, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've had clients with Crohn's disease, and this one wonderful, beautiful man, when we got to the heart of it, we found that it was profound grief and anger that he had held in when three of his very close relatives died in really quick succession. Mm-hmm. And some of them, you know, accidentally, you know, unnecess- unnecessary deaths, if you will. Yeah. And he had held in all of his grief and all of his anger about those events because he needed to keep it together for the rest of the family. Right. Everybody right. else was falling apart. So he held it up. And then, you know, his grief exploded in his intestines and the change in this man you know he it was just incredible you know to the point of of talking to his doctor about getting off of his Crohn's medication I mean it it just shows up in so many ways and and that and that's amazing too is um, one of the things I love to share with people because I think we even have shame about what you just kind of described, which is um, the protective factor that emotions play. So sometimes right. we need to protect ourselves because the, the feeling is way too overwhelming for us to deal with at that time. Um, exactly. And, and so there there are some good things about that. But then when it becomes, like you said, a chronic habit or a health condition or something that is getting in the way of us living our most productive, amazing, wonderful lives, then that's where we need that help in trying to figure out, you know, like what is this? Because a lot of times it's not like, okay, well, here's the event that happened. Now I have grief. And then the next day I realize that that grief is attached to this. So then we're going to clear it. It's usually like way down the road and you're like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Like you said, you had a 12-year battle uh, with cystic acne. And, you know, and many of us have – 
things that last for a while before we're like, oh my gosh, what, what, where did the time go? What happened? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, they typically do last a while. In the case of this man, just to keep, stay on, on the story of, uh, of this man, uh, when I talk about him, I often call him John, and that's not his name. But in the case of, of John, uh, the beauty was that he had been diagnosed for about a year and had been on medication when he came to see me. So it hadn't been that long a time, uh-huh. which was wonderful. Um, but you're right. A lot of us, you know, were in it for many years when all of a sudden we start to realize, wait a minute, nothing that I'm doing is really curing me or healing me. It's just putting a Band-Aid on it. It's just Mm -hmm. keeping me in a place of being, but I'm not really thriving. And it does take a long time. Um, And like you said, coming, you know, walking up to the edge of that grief or the anger, uh, the pain, the trauma, whatever it is, is really scary. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's a reason, like you said, there's a reason why we sometimes push these emotions away, they they feel overwhelming. They feel like they're going to swallow us whole and we're mm-hmm. never going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some pain, grief especially, it just feels like, oh, my God, this pain that I have is so big that I'm afraid if I, if I really go into it, I'm never going to come out mm-hmm. and it's just going to be too much. It's scary. So, you know, just for, for coping and for survival, we kind of like, oh, all right, let's – Put that aside. Let's go get busy, get busy with work, with dinner. You know, let's go pick mm-hmm. up the kids at school. And we, you know, it. It. But then, as you as you pointed out, they end up showing up. It does. There's no escaping. <laughs> no, there. There really. I mean, there is. There is. There is. But there's always a consequence. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can escape, and yes. then you know, it shows its face. You know, as you're talking, I'm I'm curious because I, um, when I was a new therapist several several years ago, I came across Louise Hayes' work, mm-hmm. and I use um, and I still use with my clients too um, this book that she wrote, Heal Your Body A to Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and and for those of you who don't know what it is, what it, it Louise spent a long time um, trying to figure out how to connect physical symptoms with emotional realities, I guess is yeah. the, the way to put that. And she created this book of physical ailments and then paired it with affirmation statements that you can say. And I will tell you, every time I bring that book out, like someone say, oh, I have headaches, so I'll look up headaches. Mm-hmm. And then the affirmation that goes with that, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's true. Yeah. Like, it's just spot on all the time. And, and it sounds like the work that you do is, is um, along those similar lines, too, because Louise also talks about loving yourself, and she does a lot of work with, um, yeah. with, that, with that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, um, I do use that book a lot. It's funny because I call it the, uh, let's see what Louise has to say in this moment. <laughs> you know, that, that, that moment. Like, okay, let's ask Louise right now. When, yes. Because I, um, I prefer for people to connect with how their emotions are showing up for them in, in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I find that there's usually greater depth. Sometimes people just can't. Uh, can't access it. They're like, okay, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea right. what this is about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I use different tools. And asking Louise is kind of fun because it pulls out the little book. It's like, okay, 
you know, no judgment. No, this isn't me. This isn't yeah, right. This is what Louise would say. Yes. <laughs> what Louise Hay would say about what's going on for you. And it's interesting because what I have found is uh, there's always as much, as, you know, as little as a word. There's always, even if it's just a word, you know, something that people say, huh. Well, this resonates in this and that way, and and so it opens a door. And um, the affirmations are also super useful. What I have found with affirmations, um, and I love Louise Hayes' work, and what I have also found with affirmations is that um, sometimes you can say an affirmation and it just doesn't feel true. Mm-hmm. So like with me and my acne, I could look at my skin and say I love my skin or say the Louise affirmation for Louise Hay affirmation for acne and it just wasn't feeling true and there was so much of me that was so involved in the emotional state that was opposite to the affirmation that it was like a grain of sand trying to outweigh you know this huge, you know, bag of junk, right? Right, right. So what the affirmations are great and they're helpful and they, you know, they, they do take you in the right direction. And what I also do is work with the subconscious, you know, do NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, or EFT, which is mm-hmm. the tapping technique, or we do hypnosis. So it's this whole bag of tricks to work with the subconscious mind to resolve that's a lot of the junk, mm-hmm. to you know move through the stuck emotions, to resolve some of the wounds of the past that you're still carrying, to you know change some of the limiting beliefs that feel really, really, really real. Yes. And so when you start to lighten up the bag of junk on that one side then the affirmations land more squarely and have a lot more power. And so I, I do both. So I love Louise Hay affirmations, and I always give my clients affirmations. You know, a lot of that, you know, let's create your new future. You know, one of the things I kind of mentioned um, at the beginning where uh, around the time I took the picture, was the uh, secret was coming out, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody right. was doing vision boards. And a few months ago, I pulled out my vision book because I had so many things I wanted that a vision board wasn't enough. So (laughs) (laughs) I created a vision book, and I already have stories to tell about this vision book because I put lots of things in there, and I marvel to see it, the stuff that has come to happen. Like My fiancé today um, looks like one of the pictures I put in my relationship page and I was showing it to him and he's like oh my god that's me and it totally looks like him and this was you know 2006 2007 when I put it together but anyway the very first page in this book is the vision for my skin it's Mm. a beautiful picture of Gwyneth Paltrow Mm -hmm. and roses and all of that and um I kept looking at it for a while, and then, you know, this book went into a drawer, and then I moved to Vermont, and then I didn't look at it for years, and I pulled it out a few months ago, and I realized, oh, my God, I created this vision for my skin, and then I forgot about it after a while, and Mm -hmm. so that's a lot of the work. It's like we need to create the positive. We need to the affirmations. We need to give your subconscious mind the destination, 
and and help you more and more start to believe in that destination, that belief that you're going to heal, that belief that your body is meant to thrive, mm-hmm. that your body does know how to heal, that your body can do it. We're going to retrain your body to do all of these things, and all of that is one part of it. But you also need to deal with the junk that's weighing on the other side. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, it's and I've found the same thing working with people for so long um, is, is that it, the tool you can give someone all the tools in the world, but if they're not re- if they have blocks, those tools exactly. are useless. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> so you've yeah. got to really kind of do that double the double approach. The what, what, what would we call that? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the double approach. Hit them, hit them from both know. sides, yeah. <laughs> hit it from both sides, yeah. And in, in health, you know, you can do all the diets in the world. You can take all the supplements. You can take all the medicines. You can do all of the affirmations, but you need to take care of the blocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's that's what I'm that's what I'm focusing more and more on. I used to do a lot of the nutrition coaching. Um, and that worked great, and then I realized really who I am at my core and and what I'm best at is helping people with this depth of work and and looking sometimes at the scary stuff and, and resolving the scary stuff. Yes, yes, because it's not going to go away. It will just keep... Uh... Keep with yeah. you like an old friend until you say, hey, old friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are you here to teach exactly. me? And thank you. Goodbye. Um, but, yeah, yeah. it's, it's um, it does take time. And it also, I shouldn't say time. It takes, I think, the right tools. And, you know, everyone mm-hmm. reacts to different tools. Exactly. So it's, um, you know, one of the things that I talk about, too, is like that, the cookie-cutter approach where, you know, a healer says, oh, you know, this will help with anything. Well, Yes and no. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, we all we all come into this world with our own stories, with our own programming, with our own experiences, and yeah. with the things that are going to resonate with us. And so it's so wonderful to have people like you who have, like you said, a big bag of tricks. Um, but it's really not tricks. It's really these wonderful tools. And, and I know yeah. I know all of the things that you do. Um, I've had experience um, both using them and being them used upon me. Uh, right. So I totally love the the plethora of things that you offer, and I'm sure that you get amazing results with people because if one thing doesn't work, then you've got something else to use yeah. with people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's really incredible. I've I'm, I've arrived at a plate of just this profound gratitude and, and humility about the tools that I have been blessed to come across and mm-hmm. to learn and to use because, you know, I'm, I'm a facilitator. You know, I'm just, I feel, I look at myself as kind of a, a facilitator and a channel. It's like, I'm, ju- I'm just like your midwife. You know, the process is going to flow for you. The tools are going to work for you. You know, it's like I'm... I'm a container and a facilitator, and and it's just such a blessing to watch the work unfold and to see people soar. You know, when I get the notes, I get sometimes handwritten notes from past clients. Like I, you know, this woman, I remember she had um, pretty serious IBS where she was tethered to a bathroom. You know, Mm -hmm. she could never step away more than 20 
feet from a bathroom because she was afraid that she wouldn't make it. And uh, she wrote me a note saying, you know, she she was going on long walks with her husband again and holding hands, and and that's just so incredible. Yeah. To 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 be to have the privilege to support people in that way and and the the beautiful, tender, really vulnerable places that we go to and how sweet it is to be able to accompany someone in that journey. I I just feel so blessed. Well, and you are a blessing. So that works out. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at the time here. We are um, just about out of time, and I can't believe it. I say it every single show, I think, and like, it goes <laughs> so fast because it I just love fast. talking with everyone and hearing your stories, and I just love how people come to their profound, great work through their own personal transformations and it's just I'm so honored that you are sharing your transformation and then also how you are able to help other people transform in uh, similar ways because it's just so powerful so thank you so much yeah, for sure. And the uh, the last thing I'll, I'll uh, I want to be sure to say um, to all of your listeners is that for anybody who resonates with this idea that there's something that they've been struggling with in their health and they haven't quite gotten to it, that I have a really gentle kind of step by step like. Let's start kind of teasing at this a little, you know, five-step journey, mm-hmm. um, and that's on my on my homepage. And if you just land on my homepage, you'll see it. It's the uh, Getting to the Heart of Your Health Issue booklet. It's a series of exercises where people can just really gently get started because that's the thing with this. It's like a lot of times we don't know where to get started, and mm-hmm. so – this just gets you started. So I just want to offer that if anybody's feeling like, God, I, I really could use some help figuring this out, that's a place to start. Great. And what is, where can they find that? What's your homepage? My homepage is thrivewithmorella.com and Morella with two L's, thrivewithmorella.com. And right on my homepage, the first thing they'll see is um, getting to the heart of their health issue. It's a little booklet with... With a step-by-step, I'll hold you by the hand kind of a thing. So Great. And just because I, I know I needed to ask, how do you spell your whole name? Oh, my whole name is Morella. It's M-O-R-E-L-L-A. And my last name is DeVoe, D as in David, E, V as in Victor, O, S as in Sam, T as in Tom. Great. So thrivewithmorella.com. Exactly. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Morella. Before Thank we you so much, Kaylin. Before we completely sign off, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to to throw out one more golden nugget. Any other final tips on how people can get out of their own damn way? The final golden nugget would be to observe yourself where you feel like you're in a battle with your body. Because Everything that we resist, wherever we're putting this energy of resistance and fighting against the body, you know, anything we resist, we anything that we resist persists. Mm-hmm. So wherever there's a sense of my body is not doing what I want it to do is an opportunity to look at, okay, what's going on here? How, what am I feeling about this? And um, 
and that's a doorway. That's a starting point. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Morella, for being a guest on the show and um, for sharing all these wonderful, wonderful tidbits about your journey and about the process of self-love. Thank you for for letting me share my story. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. Wonderful. And thank you all for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more upcoming guests who share their powerful stories about how they've learned to get out of their own damn way. Thanks so much for listening. What's getting in the way of you embracing your greatness and reaching those big, juicy goals you have in your life or business? Hi, I'm Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer and host of the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm a master at getting out of my own damn way, and I can teach you how to do it too. Take my free quiz and get on your way to getting out of your own damn way today. Go to creelan.com slash quiz. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash quiz. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.